0: I'm concerned I'm I'm looking up at the clock and if you're not careful you're going to get out of here on time I don't want that to be a habit ever I want to talk to you this morning about a royal love. It's a royal love, my friends. Listen to it in John chapter um, 13. We know the scripture well. But I started ahead of it. I was only going to do 34 and 35, but I wanted just to see that in the midst of everything going on in Jesus' life at this time when he said this, he took time, he took time to give us a, a very good um, lesson and who we are as his followers. So it was after dinner, and as soon as Judas had left the room, Jesus looked at all those around him, not just his 11 disciples. There was a crowd of people. But he looked and he said, the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because, because of him. And since God... Receives glory because of the Son. He will give his own glory to the Son. And he will do so at once. Dear children. He's talking to us now. He's talking to us. I will be with you only a little while longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders. You will search for me. But you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you this new commandment. Very pointed Love each other. Do you know why he had to say love each other? Because those guys, those 11 guys, didn't love each other. If you listen to it, Peter loved whom? Peter. <laughs> you know, James and John loved who? James and John. And worse than that, his mother only loved them. They just forget the rest of them. And he had to say to them, love each other. And then he says I want you to love him just as I have loved you you should love each other your your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples my friends as you know this is the word of God for all of his people be to God. praise God I want to just talk about a little bit about living a a, a basic royal law that we think we don't have to do James calls it a royal law. If you want to write that down in James chapter two verse eight, James says, "If you see, we have the choice. Always understand. Even with this law, uh, this royal law that, that God has given us, we have the choice to do it or not. It's always an if statement. If you are really, if you really seek to fulfill the royal law, according to scriptures, James says the law of." of uh, loving your neighbor as yourself and loving God with all the, that you have we, we have a hard time today doing that I think for the past 2,000 years and long before that but we have a hard time doing that today entire churches entire, entire churches make a statement that they are not going to love everybody did you know that? I was by a church one time uh, serving a Methodist church and right over the hill I'm, I'm thinking they were thankful that they couldn't see the church but right over the, church, over the hill they said don't ever talk to anybody in that church because they're all wrong. Yeah. Entire churches do that. What's even worse than entire churches doing it is entire denominations do it. Do not share that royal, royal hmm, law of loving one another, and I hate to say that, but when I say an entire denomination, I'm talking about the United Methodist Church too. We have not chosen to answer on the positive side if, if you really fulfill that royal law. We have hurt each other on this United Methodist Church desperately in the past 30 years. Probably even longer than that. And the reason the churches do it and, and entire congreg- uh, denominations do it is because we as individual Christians do it. We don't answer the if question. If, if you really live and fulfill the royal law that God has given us to love one another, we lead an unbalanced life, don't we? Do you know what I mean? We lead an unbalanced life. We say one thing with our mouth and then we act completely different. I see it so much in what C.S. Lewis calls, to, in his time back, in his day, he called it the Christianity and. Christianity and capitalism. People um, live their whole Christian faith in, around capitalism, Christianity and socialism, uh, Christianity and social um, action. Christianity and, and uh, prosperity, Christianity and uh, homosexual issues. That's where we're at. And it's taken us and moved us off of our mission to be that person, that group, that body, uh, that church that believes that our mission is to love everybody and fulfill the great commission that Christ gave us to go into all the world and change it, make disciples. When Christ talks about being a Christian and loving each other, he's not talking about a political issue. I don't think at all. I don't think he's talking about a sociological issue, and I know he's not talking about a theological issue. I think he's talking about nothing sim- any more simple than the fundamental principle that is we need to love each other and care for each other. In John thirteen thirty-five, our scripture today, he tells us what the mark of a Christian is. According to Jesus, the mark of a Christian is nothing more than love. It's not what we do, not what we give. It's not how much we come to church. It's not how much we do in this community. It's not how much we do outside this community. It's not how much we do of anything, anything, if it's not engulfed in love. He says to us, all people, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I want to challenge this church because this is where I'm at that we need to start living that out. We need to answer the if question on a positive side. Um, too often we don't answer that, that question. I, I need you to know, I need you to know that loving God, loving our neighbors, loving ourselves is unique. It's a unique thought for us. Think about it. What other leer do you know that... <laughs> that the whole basis of the theology the reason they exist is because of the word love Not that I don't know of any others um, we, we need to understand we need to understand desperately that Jesus talks about this love so much that he, he says to us I've come to die for the whole world the whole world those who never even heard of him I never heard of Jesus Christ until I was 21 years old. I knew him as a swear word, but I didn't know who he was. Hmm. There are some that uh, have um, totally ignored him. And guess what he does? He loves them. There are some of us who, who have dismissed it altogether and say, I don't believe in any of that holy crap. Hmm? He loves them even more. I, I think he loves those who despise him. I think um, more than anything, he loves those people that reject him daily. and Especially, I think he loves them who kill him over and over again. God's word tells us that God demonstrated his love for us. That while we were yet sinners, he came and he died for us. All because of he loved us. Hmm. When you read this scripture in 13, 34, and 35, I want you to know you don't need to get a, a bunch of books out and see what is being said there. This is one of those passages that requires no interpretation. You don't have to see what was being said behind it. You don't have to see what the Greek word really meant. There's no need for interpretation. All we need to do is apply it. Do you all get that? Did you all just hear that? We need to apply it. We need to um, give God our love uh, so much that, that um, all we can do is, um, is be a reflection of that love. We differ so much in so many areas. You know, we differ in, in our views on baptism, on communion, today on sexual issues you know on um, eternal security I don't know if you've uh, ever dealt with that but literally millions of people have died over religious beliefs on eternal uh, security Um, we differ on music we differ on whether a pastor should wear a robe or not you know we differ on all these things that don't matter about anything but the one subject that I think we can't differ on and can't disagree on is this, that Jesus told us plainly in simple language that if you're, a, if you're a believer in me, then we are to do what I did to you, love one another. So with that thought in mind, I thought, how do we do that? And, and what's the purpose behind it? And, and and how do we just take a day? I would love to have a day where I live completely. That royal law, that royal commandment where you love. Now, the reason I say I'd like to have a day like that is got to tell you, some days are not good. Amen? Are you all with me? Don't you just have a bad day and want to slap somebody for Jesus? You know? Come on, let's be honest with it. I get so mad sometimes when one of those school buses is going by, I'd like to just suck the yellow right off of it. I'm not kidding you, friends. It's just hard to do, isn't it? To love one another. To love yourself especially. That's a big downfall for me, loving yourself. Go on. So I'm going to talk about, I think, just three things and um, see if we can't go to lunch early. Now listen, the first thing that Jesus tells us here about how we need to do it, is to understand that love is not an option. Love is not an option. It's a requirement. It's a command. It is an out-and-out statement saying, this is what you have to do. I don't it's not a choice. You mean I have to love Aunt Ethel? Yeah. But you don't know Aunt Ethel the way I do. I don't care. You still have to love Aunt Ethel. There's no Aunt Ethel in here, is there? I always hate saying that when somebody has an NF she's a saint, you know. <laughs> we have to, it's, it's not a choice. You know, oh, well, I'll take this a little longer. Um, let me tell you a story. I went to Malone College, remember? When it was a college. Loved this school very much. Loved my New Testament professors. But one of the requirements of that school was that you had to take two science courses. You guys get that, two science courses? And you're talking to a person who has no grade point average? So the first course I took was computer science. It it satisfied one of their curriculums. I took it. And by the time the fifth week we were in a a 13, 14 week system, at that time, uh, 15 weeks, I think it was. Anyways, at the end of the five weeks, I was teaching a class. I was the one running around telling them how to fix everything that they had messed up. I loved that class. I could have taken a, a bigger class than that, maybe, and solved but they didn't have any classes, just that one. So, I don't even, you know, it's like when you're in an accident or you have surgery, you don't remember anything about it. I took a science class in 1988 for a summer, six weeks. It was sheer torture. Five days a week, four hours a day. And I'm not kidding you, there was was nine of us in that class, and I was the only one that stayed awake. The rest of them slept the four hours. And the professor didn't care, because all they were doing was taking a prerequisite. They were science majors. And had to have this class, you know. And at the end of the first week he gave us a test. Can you imagine? I I thought, oh Lord, have mercy. He gave us a test. I got a 37 on it. Only because I guessed right. You know? And so I walked up to Dr. Thompson and I said, oh boy, this isn't going to be good. And he said, no, it's not. And I said, I'm going to flunk this stupid class, aren't I? He said, no. He said, you see, these, all these people sleeping here, this is their major. They don't care about this class. They know all the stuff that I'm teaching. They know it plus. They could teach the class. He said, all you have to do is show up every day and not go to sleep, and I'll pass you. <laughs> I said, thanks, Dr. Thompson. Because <laughs> I never got over, I think I got a 47. Was We had a test every week. A test every week. You want to tell me? Let me tell you my passing grade. Did I tell you this, Jerry? Did I tell you this before? Many times. times. Okay. (laughs) So the the final test was a fifty question lab, and you walked around and they had things like there were mitosis and and I'm thinking, what the heck, mitosis? I don't even you know. And they had little things falling apart and everything and. At the end of it, the 50th question, I heard all the other kids laughing as I got around to it. Because I went last. They didn't want me to bother them. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the last question was, um, Floyd's passing grade. <laughs> he took a piece of gravel and throwed it there and said, explain what this is. And I looked up at it, Dr. Thompson and I said, is this a trick question? <laughs> he said, no, just tell me what that is. I said, it's gravel. He said, okay, you pass." When Jesus said that this is a, a commandment, there's nothing we can do. You know, you can't, I, I thought the whole time, golly, that's what am i going to do. I'm going to flunk this stupid class and I'm not going to be able to get out of there. I'm not going to be able to, to graduate from alone. You needed this. Well, just as you can't graduate from college without doing all the, the things you have to do, I think the point I'm trying to make is, is we cannot live that Christian life Without a commitment to loving other people the way God did, the core of our curriculum for the Christian life is nothing more than to love one another. You see, it's not how much we know, is it? It's not how much we know. It's not how much we do that causes us to pass the test. Paul said to us, "If I speak in if I speak with the, the tongues of." men and of angels, but have not love, I am nothing more than a clanging bell or a resounding gong. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, literally I gain nothing. Gain nothing. 1 Corinthians 13. If we are to be faithful Christians, you and I cannot pick and choose who we love. We can't. We can't. We have to love more uh, and understand that love is more than an option. It's that entry-level requirement that I had to learn was there to being a Christian. Jesus said to us very simply, a new command I give you, love one another. My goodness, friends. Let me tell you what else he teaches us. He teaches us that love is not an abstract idea. It's not something hanging out there that we don't really need to worry about. But he tells us it's a, matter, it's a matter of following him and his example that we get where we need to be. In verse 34, he says, I want you to love everybody as I have loved you so that you can love one another. Jesus didn't just tell us abstractly how to do this. He showed us how to live it. I mean, he showed us, friends. His love showed us that you have to be sacrificial. Jesus was willing to lay his life down um, for his people, for folks. I want to tell you, we need to be willing to lay our lives down, not only for Jesus, but for his people, too. Anytime somebody says something about you, I, I, I don't buy into it at all. I defend you guys crazily. It's happened too much, too. His love is sacrificial, but he told, shows us also that it's merciful. He loves us knowing that we will never be perfect like he is. And he still loves us and still forgives us and, and, and accepts us as the way we are and the way we will be if we just uh, answer the if question on the positive side. And I think that shows us that that's how we're supposed to love. Um, we're supposed to love people even when we don't feel they deserve it. My goodness, my goodness, C.S. Lewis said that Jesus loved us not because we were lovable. I wasn't lovable, I can tell you that now. I'm having a hard time today sometimes being lovable. Hmm? He didn't love us because we were lovable, but he loved us because, you know what, he is love not only is it sacrificial and merciful, but I think he, he does something to us that, that um, if we listen to it in John 15:9, he tells us that there's a love that becomes unconditional. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. And that's where we come into that agape word there that um, Jesus used when he says, so I have loved you, agape. I love you without any conditions. I love you completely no matter what's going on. I love you, you're the, you're the thing that I care for in this world. And then we, in turn, are commanded to do that same thing. The problem of it is, is, we think whatever we do will cause God to love us more. And sometimes we think that when we do things, that we cause God to love us less. But I want you to know today, there's nothing you can do in this world that would cause God to love you any less than he does right now. He, no matter what goes on, he's going to give, he has given his son for us just at the right time in our lives. And if there's nothing that we can do to cause him to love us any less, my friends, there's nothing we can do to cause him to love us any more than he does. Amen? Grab a hold of that. Let me give you this last thought, um, because this foundation is so positive. Uh, And I think this is where it hits the road for us. um, Love cannot be invisible. I think love, love has to be revealed in everything that we do and everything that we say. He says that everyone will know that you are disciples. My disciples. And then here's the qualifier. If. You see, there's that if. We have the choice if you love one another, I say we have the choice, but in all honesty, we don't. He puts that if there because we have free will, don't we? We have free will to do this. It's hard for us to understand that our love shows not just in the things we say, but how we respond to things. Um, the world will recognize us, how much we love because of, of um, how we treat each other, and how we talk about it. I was with a group of pastors one time, and a friend of mine, a pastor, told me, told us, told us that he says, you know, I, have, I love this congregation that God has put me in, but I just have a hard time showing them, showing them that love. And I thought, oh my. since I've had the lesson through the Holy Spirit and Phyllis Ann of how you love somebody, I I didn't quite understand what he was saying. But he said to us, how do you think I get over that? And then the next thing I hear us all saying to him was that you're talking about an emotion. An emotion... An emotion causes us a lot of problems, doesn't it? especially on the internet today, doesn't emotion, how do you read an emotion into a text? Well, I can, I'm thinking people are ticked off at me. I, I send out an email and they send me back a curt answer and I'm thinking, well, shoot, shove it up your nose, you know? And that's what he thought. He thought that what he was talking about, loving his congregation, was a, an emotion because he was going on the, on the sense that if uh, everything was going okay, they they loved him, you know, they cared for him. Well, things don't go okay, do they? Wouldn't it be nice if they, everything went okay? But it doesn't. You see, I don't think um, um, what Jesus is talking about here is an emotion. I think what he's talking about is an action. Is an action. I think your job and my job uh, to follow through in our life, to love our friends, our neighbors, our children, our spouse, uh, the person whose dog leaves that big present every week, you know, and and um, all the things that are going on, is that um, we are to, are to, no matter what it is, is to reflect the love of Jesus Christ that he has given us. That when people look at us, they don't see the emotion. They see the action of love. It's that whole thing of Forrest Remember Forrest Stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> so it is as love is as love does. I don't think the world has any way knowing about the love of God if they cannot see it expressed in his people. And I think in the church today we have a hard time with that. And it reminded me of that old saying, you know, the old saying, the world will not care how much we know. The world will not care how much we know until they know how much we care. Amen? You all with me on that? You know, they don't care how much we know. They want to know how much we care for each other. And they see it, you know. They see it. Love is God's uh, method, I think, of winning the world to Christ. And we need to grab a hold of that. You know, I was, uh, uh, was, many of us were flower children, weren't we? Uh, The 60s. Anybody here remember the love (laughs) and peace and brotherhood? Anybody with me on that jerry you you were too old, no, you were right there, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know that hippie thing of peace love, and and what was the other one um uh, brotherhood it, it was um happiness, yes, okay, uh, It was a slogan that never took off. The Beatles tried to get it, they sang a song about it. All the world needs is love. All you need is love, you know, And then, then when they split up, they did they showed everybody how much they loved each other, and they sued each other for everything they could. <laughs> Ministers got on the bandwagon, but it never came about, because it wasn't really true. Um, the only real truth is that Jesus preached the truth of, of the gospel of love. It's not shallow, it's not weak. Let me share this last thought with you that I think is really spirit led. The love that Jesus challenges us to have with one another is an unconditional sacrificial love that reflects His love for us. Did you all get that? I, I like that what He put, put on my heart. The love that Jesus challenges us to have, this royal law, is to love one another in an unconditional sacrificial way that reflects. Christ's love for us. My goodness. Dear friends, I want to tell you right now, we need to love one another for love that we're talking about this morning comes only from God. And everyone who loves that way then truly knows God. Now my question for you as we finish up, here's the question, so what? The question of so what is, do you know him? Do you know him? If you do, then we need to love. Amen? Let's pray together. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this message that challenges us to quit um, thinking we have a choice. Thank you for for telling us that we need to have a a love that's unconditional, uh, that's sacrificial, and that does nothing more than reflect your love coming out of us. Whatever we do and whatever we say, may it be Be nothing more than to tell the world around us, we know God. We choose that today. Help us, Lord God, because it's impossible without you. Let your spirit guide and direct us, we pray in Christ's name today. Know what God's children said? Amen. Praise God.